Good morning, church. Where is Terry? Terry, Terry. Terry, welcome home. Welcome home, my brother. Take that as a big hug from your church family. We've missed you, and uh, your wife and kids have missed you. And um, she said amen, so that's a good sign, Terry. Yeah, in marriage counseling, that's a great sign. When your wife says amen, then she's missed you. That's a good thing. <laughs> um, but uh, what's that? You miss them, I'm sure. Um, just good to have you home, safe and sound. Um, we praise God for your amazing ministry uh, to the soldiers over there in Afghanistan. Uh, we, uh, we're just glad to have you home. Um, God is good. Now, I know, we're, I know we're missing a lot of families today. We've got our choir and our chorale over at Ukaipa Church today and families. So you're going to have to make up for that because that was pretty sad. God is good. And all the time? Good. All right. Now, you know, I was looking for my pick. Um, I have a way of losing, losing picks. Thank you. Now, I have a song that I want to start today's message with that um, is one of the most theologically profound songs. You turn it on, and then it goes off and on and off. All right. Anyways, one of the most theologically profound songs that I think have been written, and uh, I'm sorry, there's just so many things to turn on and off up here. God, they didn't teach me this stuff in college, you know? Um, but it goes something like this. You may have heard this before. You may have not. It's really old. It goes something like this. I just want to be a sheep. Bad, 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 bad. Have you heard this one? I just want to be a sheep. Ba, 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 ba. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. I just want to be a sheep. Ba, 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 ba. So some of you know this one. Now don't let it blindside you. Don't let it kind of go by you because think about what you're really saying. Think about what you're really saying. Do you really just want to be a sheep? I mean, come on. Do you really just want to be a sheep in the fold of God? You know, just think about it. Just think about our ambitions in life. Think about all the different things. And think about this. I just want to be a sheep. Ba, 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 ba. I just want to be a sheep. Ba, 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 ba. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. I just want to be a sheep. Ba, ba, ba. And that may sound like a fun children's song. But that's some rich theology. I just want to be a sheep. And then those profound words, ba, 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 ba. <laughs> now, I don't know what the Hebrew and the Greek of that is, but I think it means ba, 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 ba. A feeling of contentment, you know. Well, first service, uh, when people were going out and I was shaking their hands, they were ba, they were all ba, and as they went out the door. And, and <laughs> 
I think I convinced them by the end of the sermon that maybe, you know, I don't know. But think about it. The other verses go, you know, I don't want to be a Pharisee because a Pharisee ain't fair, you see. It gets deeper. I don't want to be a Sadducee because a Sadducee is sad, you see. And then I don't want to be a hypocrite because a hypocrite ain't hip with it. I just want to be a sheep. Now, some of you are looking at me like our pastor's finally lost it. But, but think about it. I just want to be a sheep. Bah, 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 bah. On Monday morning, on Tuesday morning, Thursday at lunch, in that important meeting, do you still just want to be a sheep? I just want to be a sheep. That's it. I just want to be a sheep. You know, I'm going to read a definition to you, and you guys can guess the word that I'm defining. But wait until I ask you, okay? Not subject to another's authority or jurisdiction, autonomous and free. Not influenced by the thought or action of others. Not dependent, not depending or contingent upon something else for existence. Any idea what word I'm, I'm defining? Independent. Completely independent. Not having to rely or depend on anybody. Now, we live in a world in which we are trying to raise people to be independent, correct? And that's a good thing. There's a good thing in, in independence because we don't want to be codependent. Right? Now, that's a whole other sermon for another time. But we are trying to raise people to be independent and grow up, be mature, and different things. But think about the society that we, grew, we are growing up in and we live in. Everything is focused on independence, independence, independence. And then we come to Jesus Christ and we come to the kingdom of God and we come to the 23rd Psalm, which is flat out a declaration of dependence. Flat out. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And it goes on and it goes on. And it's all about who's doing all the providing, who's doing all the work. God is. He, 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 he. I just want to be a sheep. Bah, 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 bah. The Lord is my shepherd. There was a gentleman, true story, who was a great saver when it came to finances. He was determined to sacrificially save, to, to not spend and, and, and to make that savings account so big that he would have a full year salary in his savings account in case he was ever let go. He called it a certain name that I'm not going to tell you what it is, but basically I'll just say it was a, it was a goodbye to you boss account. Some of you are tracking a little bit. And so he finally got to that point where he had that amount saved up. He printed off the statement of his account, and he went to his boss. And he said, I just want to show you what I have in my savings account. This is my goodbye to you if you ever decide to let me go. Now, I don't know if his boss decided to let him go after that, but complete independence. Nobody can do anything to me. I'm completely safe and strong. That doesn't fit with the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, and because he is, and because I desperately depend on him, and I declare my dependence on him, I shall not want. 
Because it's he who makes me lie down in the green pastures. It's he that leads me beside the still waters. It's he that restores my soul. It's he that leads me in the paths of righteousness. You see, we must remember sheep are completely, completely dependent on the shepherd. And so when it comes to being a sheep, the question is, who is going to be my shepherd? Because we're all like sheep as humanity. The question is, who is shepherding us? Who do I want to shepherd me? Who do I allow to shepherd me, to lead me, to provide for me? If you remember a couple weeks ago when we started this series, I was sharing how the word shepherd was a very common word, obviously used in shepherding sheep, but to the people of Israel, it was a very common word to understand leadership. The leaders of the people of Israel were called shepherds. The rulers, the kings were referred to as shepherds. And it was often that God would talk to his prophets and say, tell my shepherds I'm unhappy with them, how they're ruling my people. They're mistreating them, and they're not leading them in the ways of my ways and my, my laws and my decrees and, and my love and my justice. And so I'm unhappy with them, he says. And so he says, I myself will shepherd my people. And so Jesus came and even called himself the good shepherd, the one who is good, the one who will not mistreat his sheep, the one who will take care of his sheep, who will look after his sheep, who when a sheep goes astray will leave the 99 and go after the one to find them, the good shepherd. Having Jesus as our shepherd is all about choosing to trust the reign of God over our life, of choosing to believe that God reigns and that his kingdom is enough for my life, that whatever he says is good with me. Whatever he does is good with me. When Jesus was teaching his disciples how to pray in Matthew 6, he started it by saying this, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is where? In heaven. In other words, may the reign, completely free reign that you have in heaven, of ruling all of heaven, may that be a reality in people's lives here on earth. May that happen, Father. May you reign on earth through your people. We live in desperate times, a time when it seems maybe even more tempting not to trust the shepherd and to wonder where his good hand and good leadership is. It's interesting that not too long ago there was a survey done by the University of Michigan, an institute for social research. They found that only one in five out of thousands of people surveyed only one in five report they often feel hopeful about the future. One in five. We need a shepherd. And not only do we need a shepherd, but we need the good shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. This morning I want to look specifically at verses 2 and 3. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He restores. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He makes me lie down in green pastures. You know, I've noticed something that as I, out of all the pictures I've seen of sheep, and I've looked at a lot of them as I've prepared this series, you very rarely ever see sheep lying down. 
They're almost always standing up. You notice that? In the video that we saw, I don't think there was one sheep that was lying down. Did you notice that? They were all standing up. All the time, all the different shots. You see, sheep often are, are not very calm creatures. They tend to be a little anxious. Uh, they panic quite often. They, they fear just about everything. What's that sound? What's that? What's going on? And so the fact that they are lying down shows that they are very content because their shepherd is with them. They don't have to fear. They can lie down because of his presence. They know that the Lord is my shepherd, and so I'm okay. Philip Keller, who wrote a book, A Shepherd Looks at the 23rd Psalm, if you've never read it, do yourself a, a favor and get the book. It's a great book from a shepherd's perspective on the 23rd Psalm. And he shares a story also about sheep being so, so uh, anxious and nervous all the time. He said, I had like 200 sheep in the pasture, and one of our friends came over, and, and they had a little Pekingese dog. And the little Pekingese dog jumped out of the car and yep, 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 yep. And what do you think happened to the sheep? They all just laid down and took a nap. They scattered. They took off. He said 200 sheep just ran out of the pasture. They were gone, all from this little Pekingese dog that couldn't do anything to them. We're like that sometimes too, aren't we? You know, we kind of lose sight of the shepherd. We forget how great he is and how loving and kind he is. And something comes along in our life, like a little Pekingese, yep, 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 yep. And we freak out. Oh, no, this is the end. Oh, no, this is what's going to happen. Ah, the shepherd is right there. The shepherd. It was funny. I heard something just the other day driving, listening to the radio. And someone said, it's amazing. When God gets bigger in your life, your problems get smaller. But sometimes we can worship and glorify our problems, and God becomes very small in our life. But he is the good shepherd. And we can lie down, we can rest in this life because our shepherd is with us. And he gives us, that Hebrew word for the grass is, is, is fresh shoots. He provides fresh shoots for us to eat. God gives us his word all the time. Um, we live in a fast food society. I was, um, I was listening to the same radio station my, my kids like to listen to a particular radio station, and so we usually have it on in the car. And it's this Christian station, and I can tell I'm getting old. <laughs> because the music, you know, is, I, I can appreciate it. Uh, but, you know, it's a little much for me. You know, I'm getting old. So I usually put the fade towards the back of the car, you know, and, and uh, enjoy that they are loving this and that it, and that it has great positive lyrics and, and talks about God and loving people and so forth. Well, they were talking about Chuck Norris. You know who Chuck Norris is? He is kind of the man's man when it comes to martial arts. I mean, he's, I don't even know how old he is, but he still looks better than me. I mean, he's just, what is he, in his, he's probably in his 70s. Is that right? Anybody know? 70? Probably still has a six-pack. I mean, he's just a stud. And they had, they said, on our website, you can download Chuck Norris's seven principles for living a healthy life. And how to eat right. And I go, well, I want to see what Chuck says. So I went and I downloaded his document. Seven things. And the first thing, the very first thing said this. Run. Don't walk from fast food. <laughs> Run. Do not walk away from fast food. Run far away from fast food. The worst thing they said you can ever have. Do not eat fast food, he said. You know, we need to do the same thing when it comes to feasting on God. 
Sometimes we get so busy in life that we just kind of go to the fast food. You know, God, give me a word. Give me a scripture. Give me something. You know, let me get that two to three, five-minute devotional book so I can have, you know. And God says, lay down and feast. Run. Don't walk away from fast food feeding in the kingdom of God. Feast on those fresh, fresh shoots in the scriptures. We need to just linger, linger and feast on the things of God. First Peter says these words. For you've been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For all men are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord stands forever. The words of the shepherd stand forever. He leads me beside the still waters. That word still in the Hebrew actually means like the home of a person. It's where a person feels comfortable and safe. When the Good Shepherd leads us, we feel at home. We feel at peace, that this is where we belong. Even though the world around us is in chaos and crisis and things are happening at work, we can have a sense of being at home because the Shepherd is with us. He leads us beside the still waters. Psalm 46.10, we need to remember, be still and know that I am God. Jesus said himself that he alone provides the water that we need. In talking to the woman at the well in John chapter 14, Jesus said, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And again in John chapter 7, on that last great day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within. By this, he meant the Spirit. Years ago, um, when Andrew, uh, he was probably about seven or so, six or seven, and he was beginning to learn John 3.16. You know, the great, the great one that we always see at sports games, you know. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, so whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have what? Everlasting life, or his modern translation said, eternal life. But this is how he memorized it, and I love it when the Spirit gets a hold of a child's tongue. You know? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, so whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have internal life. Wells of living water springing up from within them. Because the shepherd, the shepherd, leads us to the waters of his presence. And to know that no matter what is happening, my life internally is full of the resources of Jesus Christ, the good shepherd. He will restore my soul. He will bring back to life. You ever have days like that where you're alive but you just don't feel alive? And you just need to be kind of brought back to life? He will restore your soul. He will bring you back he will turn you in the right direction. He will give you the breath of life, your soul, your life force. He will lead us in the right paths. As our good shepherd, he will lead us in straight paths. It's this, this word is used in difference to 
crooked paths. So he won't lead us in crooked paths. He'll lead us in straight paths, in the right paths that will lead us where he wants us to go. That's why when you look at the psalm, he'll even lead us through the valley of the shadow of death. He'll lead us to a place where we have enemies all around us, and yet he prepares a table before us, and he'll anoint our head with oil to the point of overflowing. And finally, we will get to the destination where we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever because our shepherd is leading us on the right path. God is the only necessity for life. I want us just to say that together this morning because we need to, we need to really let that sink in. Let's just say that. God is the only necessity of life. One more time. God is the only necessity of life. Do you believe it? It's, it's easy to believe, but sometimes it's hard to live, isn't it? It's hard to live sometimes. But with Jesus as our good shepherd, we are convinced that God is the only necessity of life. I want to share something with you that um, I did with the seventh grade class over at Mesa Grande a while back. And if you were at the family movie night at MGA, you saw this. But it'll be good for you to see again if you saw this. If you didn't, then you'll enjoy it for the first time. And you've seen this before. You've seen, you've seen the cup and the saucer. I've talked about this a few times and. And uh, this, this cup is symbolic of our life. This is who we are. And our life, we go about life letting ourselves be filled with things. And ideally, we want to be filled with the presence of God. And this saucer represents our relationships with friends, family, uh, coworkers, uh, classmates, uh, whoever. Now, I'm going to say that this, this can of whipped cream represents God's love. Now, 1 John tells us that the Father lavishly pours out his love upon us. He lavishes us with his love. Now, that word lavish, what, what do you think of when you think of lavish? What? Extraordinary? Extravagant. What else? Abundant. Abundant. Now, when have you used abundant lately? Abundant. Boy, abundant extravagant. Some people might even say wasteful. You know, it's like, are you really going to, I mean, you're wasting it. But here's, here's what happens. I like to think in Philippians chapter 2, um, it talks about Christ emptying himself. Now, in that, it specifically is talking about him um, not having an ego, you know, that he emptied himself, that he was willing to come down and be a servant. But I also like to think that when Christ came to the earth, and he died on the cross, he emptied himself of the love of God onto humanity. I mean, he just poured out everything of the love of God onto people. Now, when he was on the cross and he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And he was experiencing separation from the Father of that second death experience that we won't have to spend eternity apart from him and be separated from him. He was just pouring out his love, lavishing the earth with his love. And I think it looked something like this. lavishly pouring out his love into the hearts of people. Now maybe you're uncomfortable with this. Maybe you're a sheep that says, I only deserve a little bit of God's love. Maybe you think, I'm not good enough. Maybe I could take a third of a cup. Maybe I've been a bad sheep 
Maybe I've even wandered from the fold. And so for God to love me like this is a waste of his love. God's love keeps going even when you try to stop it. God's love is delicious. Now, that's a visual, isn't it? You can hardly even see your life in there. It's so covered with God's love. He so lavishly poured out his love on us. He's a good shepherd who provides. Have financial problems, have work problems, have health problems, have relationship problems. Can the good shepherd provide for you? Absolutely. He can lavishly provide. More than you can even imagine. We can't even dream of the things that God has in store for us as our good shepherd. But what we can do is rest in his presence. Trusting his presence. We can lay down in the green pastures. We can enjoy the still waters and we can let him restore our soul no matter what's happening in the flock around us or anything else because we can be confident that he's leading us in the right paths as his sheep. I love this verse in 1 John 4. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. We know and rely on the love of God. I think we just need to be reminded of that again. I know I do. That I can rely on the love of God. I mean, just look at this. You can rely on the love of God. It's more than you can even take in. His love is bigger than you can even receive. You can rely on the love of God. The message translation of the first three verses of Psalms 23. God, my shepherd... I don't need a thing. You have bedded me down in lush meadows. You find me quiet pools to drink from. True to your word, you let me catch my breath and send me in the right direction. There's a wonderful picture of our shepherd in the book of Revelation. At the end of chapter 7, the beginning of chapter 7, we have the 144,000. Then it goes on and it talks about the great multitude. And the great multitude is, is robed in these white robes And they're all around the throne, and they're worshiping. And it says, Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these robed in white, and where have they come from? I said to him, Sir, you are the one that knows. Then he said to me, These are they who have come out of the great ordeal. They've washed their robes and made them white in blood of the Lamb. For this reason they are before the throne of God and worship him day and night within his temple. And the one who is seated on the throne will shelter them. They will hunger no more and thirst no more. The sun will not strike them nor any scorching heat. Listen to this. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. And he will guide them to the springs of the water of life. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. You see, it's heaven on earth now if we let Jesus shepherd us. Because even in this life, we can experience the rivers of living water within us. We can rest in the comfort of his presence and it's going to happen for the rest of our lives into eternity because he is the good shepherd forever. In his 2010 memoir, A Journey, My Political Life, 
Former British Prime Minister Tony Blair shares this little story. A friend of mine whose parents were immigrants, Jews from Europe who came to America in search of safety, told me this story. His parents lived and worked in New York. They were not well off. His father died when he was young. His mother lived on, and in time, my friend succeeded and became wealthy. He often used to offer his mother the chance to travel outside of America, but she never did. When eventually she died, they went back to recover the safety box where she kept her jewelry. They found there another box. There was no key, so they had to drill it open. They wondered what precious jewel must be in it. They lifted the lid. There was wrapping and more wrapping and finally an envelope. Intrigued, they opened it. In the envelope were her U.S. citizenship papers. Nothing more. That was the jewel. More precious to her than any other possession, that was what she treasured most. As sheep in the fold of God, nothing else matters to us more than citizenship in the kingdom of heaven, than being a part of the flock of the kingdom of God. That though my body be destroyed, he is my shepherd. He is my king. He is my Lord. He is the good shepherd. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for being our amazing shepherd. I pray, Lord, that we would just allow you to shepherd us. That no matter what ambitions we have in life, we would be content with being one of your sheep. That to be in your fold and to be under your care and under your leadership would be the sole thing that we strive and enjoy in this life. Because in our hearts, Lord, we truly do just want to be your sheep. Take a moment now in silent prayer and talk to your shepherd this morning.
There is a place my eyes have been opened, can be reborn, will be made new. There is a place where love in its longing reaches the heavens to live in the truth, freedom for those who will listen, freedom for those who will come, freedom. to accept the grace and the love of the Son. Freedom for those who will listen. who will come freedom for those who set you free who's gonna set you free Jesus who's gonna set you free who's gonna set you free who's gonna set you free Jesus who's gonna set you free who's gonna set you free who's gonna set you free shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. <laughs> 